0: This week on Thinking Biblically, we're going to see how the Bible enables us to effectively navigate COVID-19. Welcome to the first Thinking Biblically of 2022. My name is Alan Gilman. I really didn't think that in January of the new year, we'd be still talking about COVID. Uh, but just today here where I live in Ottawa, Ontario, the premier of our province, that's like a governor of a US state, uh, announced another set of additional COVID restrictions. He came on uh, just before New Year's with, with some, and then additional ones today. And uh, I'm, you know probably where you're living you're facing some similar things uh, as the the world is dealing with this Omicron variant um, but what I've been finding over this past year and three-quarters almost two years now uh, that there's been such a lack of of well-informed biblical guidance on how to relate to all this and it's my hope today uh, to to uh, provide some help a- along these lines. Um, uh, so before we get into it, I just want to ask a couple things about the podcast. Um, I've decided to change from doing premieres. Premiers make it look like the podcast is live and you get a countdown at the beginning. So I'm planning not to do that anymore. I, it doesn't seem to really help. Um, also, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick to my Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, time to schedule it. I might just, as soon as it's ready, get it out there and let everybody know. We'll see how it goes. Let me know what you think. Some of you are more familiar with YouTube and, and all this than than I might be, and I'd be very happy to hear your advice. And at, at any time, you can email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. I'd be very happy to hear from you. Uh, this coming couple of months, I'm looking forward to some returning and some new guests, and especially next week. Now, I don't normally share about upcoming podcasts because I don't do these very far in advance. And so I'm a little loath not to uh, talk about the upcoming guests, but God willing, next week, my wife, Robin Gilman, will be with me here. And uh, we're going to be talking about this new children's book that she's published. But more than that, we'll be ha- having her tell. She's going to be sharing her own faith story with us how she came to know yeshua jesus as her messiah and one of the things that i love about her story is that while we're from very similar backgrounds our stories of coming to faith are so different from one another you can always see mine it's posted on my youtube channel and uh next week we'll be hearing from her. So looking forward to that hope you are too um also i want to i want to alert you to if you appreciate what I share with you in this podcast that you would then share it with others and I'm going to provide some additional information on how to do that at the end but maybe you could be thinking about who needs to hear this you know very often we hear talks we're always thinking about oh I know who needs to hear it now remember this is for you and me first and then and then it's for others so uh let's let's get into it now this subject is sensitive and it's difficult. I'm going to address some of the difficulties in a moment, but before I start, I do want to express um, my 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 grief, my my sorrow over all the people who have been affected adversely affected by the whole COVID situation. We thought spring of 2020 we were going to see way more deaths than we did. Um, And I remember early on asking people if, if they knew anybody that had COVID and a lot of people that I knew didn't know, but then there were other people that knew not only people who had COVID, but several people who have died. And I know people have horribly suffered from this disease and that's on top of, or that's besides Dealing with the restrictions and and people being alone in hospital, and it's been really really difficult. Also, so so I, I want to, I don't want to give any impression at all in anything that I'm sharing that I'm belittling this tragedy and what people have been suffering. And I hope what I share is going to make things uh, more. I don't have to call it manageable. I'm not, not necessarily easier. It might even make it harder as we look at how we should be responding to this whole situation. But um, we must continue to be uh, sympathetic and compassionate to, towards those who are going through all sorts of difficulties concerning this, as I am. And so, one of the reasons for doing this particular podcast today is to try to get people people of goodwill, um, to not be afraid to ask the difficult questions and search for the difficult answers. And and that's been part of the problem. It's This whole thing has been very difficult. And I have the impression that most of us, most of the time, don't want to deal with complicated, difficult things. And we don't realize, it. I think we can accept that there's lots of complications in life, but life tends to be very predictable. Up until recently, what we did yesterday is more or less the thing that we're expecting to do today. But during this whole COVID affair, we never know what's going to happen. A day begins, and then midday, all of a sudden, everything changes new regulations, new expectations. And of course, there are people getting sick, and now um, people are beginning. More people have been getting sick than before, and it seems to be affecting more people. And it and you put that on top of all the other, uh, all the amount of information that we've been dealing with and the changing information. It's it's just really really hard, and and we don't tend to want to dive into great complexities. We usually want somebody else who knows better than we do to basically tell us what to do. Now, many of us would may not say it like that, but that's the way to say, how many of us analyze really analyze the weather, like analyze the data in all the weather stations? Um, I think there's ways to get that and then come up with our own weather modeling and weather reports. We don't do that. Um, we, re- we refer to to hear the expert., it's kind of funny because I think i have i yeah I have three weather apps on my phone. Please, please don't condemn me. Don't judge me for that. And depending on what I want to know, that's the one that I check. And I, I won't go down that that rabbit trail. But um it, it, the the point of that is even when we're dealing with experts, and that's something so important to remember with this whole COVID thing. And I gotta be careful, I, I don't I shouldn't be looking so jovial because it's a very serious subject. And I'm not making fun. I just sometimes I get excited. Um and I I tend to because of how my mind works i tend to look at things from all sorts of different angles and i guess um i can enjoy the complexity of things sometimes and i and i it partly it has to do with i want to relate to complex things in complex ways and relate to simple things in simple ways and and what i've been finding is with this covid thing is many of us want to relate to something very complicated in a simple way. And I don't think it can be done. But for many people, um, it's too overwhelming to deal with all the complexities. With, With COVID, we've got all the science talk right there's science like how many of us understand how viruses actually work like you know you catch a cold you can give the cold but how come not everybody gets colds one of the fascinating things about having a large family like like we have had um is illnesses would come into the household and i grew up in a smaller family usually one person gets sick the other two people three people get sick but um We've had 10 kids, so we've been 12 people in our house, and some very nasty illnesses have been through our family, and only a few people have gotten sick, or all but two have gotten sick to the same illness. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know who knows. In fact, I don't think anybody really knows. A lot of what people understand are educated kids, guesses i don't want to i don't want to put down uh scientific determinations uh, making them sound like guesses but they're doing the best they can with the data that they have and that's why if you talk to different experts about some of these things scientific things other complex things you're going to get different takes different opinions and especially when it comes to making predictions like this is how something's working this is what we think is going to happen um and i think one of the things with covid we haven't seen enough uh, ownership when predictions have been wrong and then how best to deal uh, with that um and so there's a an, you know, another determination another prediction and 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 most of us don't have the wherewithal to analyze the what the analysts are saying. Some of us don't even understand the words, let alone how they put the words together and what they all mean. And so it could just be so overwhelming to deal with all the information, all the complex information. Now, on on top of that, or underlying it, on top of it, is the fear. There has been so much fear. And I, I did a couple of podcasts in 2021 that uh, dealt with what I call the fear factor. And that's been driving so much of what's been happening with COVID. And fear misguides us. Fear does not help us to think properly. And so that's made an already complex situation even more difficult to, to deal with and relate to because there has been so much fear on top of that there's also been what i call the tribe mentality we don't want to be branded as a them and that's that's prevented us so as you know so we have the term anti-vaxxer and the vaccine hesitant and then we have the left and we have the right we have the conservatives we have the liberals and and all this sort of thing and it becomes uh if you think about a a certain way then you must think about b in a certain way and that is just not true reality is reality and we need help in getting to the way things really are and so if somebody is of a background of an ilk that is not something that we associate with but they come bearing the truth we need to be open to that but that's actually very difficult to do it's very difficult to do and so because of this tribe mentality we tend to be in these information silos and we only will hear and receive information from that tribe that side and so that's another thing that's made getting to the truth about the whole COVID situation difficult and one last thing about the difficulties, obstacles to um, thinking biblically about COVID, thinking well about COVID, thinking properly about it, is when it comes to thinking biblically, it seems to me there's much misunderstanding as to what it means to think biblically. For some people, Thinking biblically means that you have chapter and verse for everything, as if there's a one-to-one relationship between a statement in the Bible and something that we're dealing with in in our life and in, in the world. The Bible doesn't present truth simply as a list of do's and don'ts, or as a list of principles to follow. Uh, It doesn't present its stories with, and here's the moral of the story, and again another way to simply come up with a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, But rather, the Bible has a more holistic approach to truth, and through its mainly story narrative, talked about uh, that a couple months ago, the the Bible has a narrative structure. Um, It takes place in real time, real places, for the most part, and through And through its stories, it gives us a window into how God sees the world. Now, how God sees the world is the way the world really is. And the more that we connect with a holistic understanding of Bible, the better we are equipped to live out life in the way the Creator God designed us to do. That's what I think thinking biblically is all about. So I'm not going to be quoting verses for a couple of reasons. One of them is just too much work right now, and I want to get this information out. And if I'm missing the boat, biblically speaking, please let me know. Correct me where you think um, I've gotten something wrong. But what I'm going to share with you is what I believe is a thoroughly biblical approach to this very difficult Crisis that we are facing. Also, of course, um, thinking biblically too is complex. Um, The Bible is big enough for us to for us to grasp, but it's also it's 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 large in in its own way. It's like depending on your Bible translation. A lot of you are reading on your phone. You can't tell how many pages there are, but a, a printed Bible is could be anywhere 1,200, 1,500 pages or more. It's a big book. Of course, it's a book of books, but it's a big book. So it's a lot to take in. It's not impossible. Um, but also, of course, there's understanding the Scripture and growing in that understanding. And it takes time, and it takes community, and it, 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 and, and so on. Not easy, but it is possible. But it, it takes work. It takes work. And just like dealing with what's going on in the world, we often don't want to do that work but we need to. As we pursue the truth of Scripture and see how it speaks to the world in which we live, we need to be open to adjust to what it is saying. And so it's a journey, but it's a journey worth taking. So with that, let's seek to think biblically about COVID-19. In order to do that, so you're not going to get you're not going to get uh, me saying the Bible says this about vaccines. The Bible says this about some some of those details. But I do believe it gives us enough so that we could live effective godly lives about COVID nineteen and everything else. So let's see how thinking biblically helps us first god is the originator developer and sustainer of all things we need to remember that we are not random victims of nature we are not victims of the material world because god is the originator developer and sustainer of all things of the whole created order including us Human beings. So we're not random victims of nature. We are participants in God's great creation plan. And so if we're not random victims of nature, we have to stop acting as if we are. And so there has been a mentality, it's like a siege mentality that we're under attack by the scourge. And what do you do about it except? Following all the things that we're told to do, and somehow that will mean that we're going to be okay. And of course, many of us have been following some more than others the various regulations, rules, restrictions, and so on. And we're and look where we are today. You know, there are some the odd news story, oh, we're finally getting out of this, but. Listening to the press conference of our premier today, it's you know it's worse than ever and and bolt down the hatches and and we've got to do this to preserve our health system. and i'm I'm not criticizing that necessarily. It's that we're still in this in this siege mentality, and God's people should never, ever have um see ourselves as being under a siege mentality. We are free in god to live according to his will and so we need to develop that kind of attitude and what helps is that not only is god the originator developer and sustainer of all all things god is good god is good i know we could we could do a whole discussion about the the origins of evil and, and all that kind of stuff and god's relationship to evil and all the rest because there is evil in the world but god the creator god is good And so learning to cooperate with Him is key for ourselves and for others. Instead of being so obsessed with what we're being told to do and and, and all the latest facts and figures about COVID, it's getting to know God and His will for us that's going to make all the difference. Now, not only is God good, He's also sovereign Now, there are different ways that uh, Bible readers understand God's sovereignty, but what it basically means is God is in control. There is no—God never says, oops, that one got away from me. Oh no, what are we going to do? God is overseeing the world, and he is pursuing his purposes. He invites us to be part of that, and— So we also need to remember that God, who is the great king of all the earth, who made all things and oversees all things, that you and I are here on planet earth at this time for God's purposes. And COVID has not canceled that. There might be cancel culture, but you and me, we are not canceled as far as god is concerned and so we have to stop acting as if we're canceled oh i can't say this i can't bring up that topic i don't know what to do no we need to be hearing what god is saying and doing what he wants and that's the same freedom that we had before covid we have that still now covid does not change that early on in in, in covid when i was doing messages i like to refer to a paul writing from prison and um as i said i did not take all the time i just there was only so much time for this to prepare for this for today um and i should also do this and get all those bible verses together um paul in one of his letters says you know he there he is in chains but god's word is not chained God is not constrained. It might seem as if he is. It might seem as if we are, but that's just not true. We might be inconvenienced. God's version of our freedom doesn't mean that we get to do whenever we want, with whom we want, wherever we want, and so on. And yet, our, in, in many parts of, of the world today, many of us have enjoyed a kind of affluence, a kind of wealth, I know you may not feel that you're wealthy, but our access to services, our access to goods, our access to entertainment, um, has, has there's just been so much of it, like never before in the history of the entire world. And may I say, we become spoiled because we have so much and so much convenience and so much comfort, and that was never part of God's deal. And so whether it's COVID or something else, I think we need to... Um, realize and live with the understanding that it's not about us it's not about our conveniences but if our heart is to serve the great creator sovereign god who is good and loves us then there is complete freedom and there's nothing that covid or government or anyone else could do to stop us fulfilling what god wants in our lives we need to remember that next Covid is not our greatest problem. The news might say that it is. Oh yeah, then there's climate change, but we're not going to we're not going to talk about that. There's what the news tells us. There's what the politicians tell us. There might be what we're telling ourselves. And up there is Covid. No, the greatest problem is what the Bible calls sin, and sin is a biblical concept that describes how we are not um, all that we're cracked up to be. Is that the way you're supposed to say that? Human beings were designed to, to be of a certain quality. And because of human disobedience to God, we are broken and we're not able to live up to God's standards. That's what the Bible describes as sin. There's the principle of sin that oppresses all human beings, that we have to fight against, then there are the sins that we commit, which are the manifestations, the outward expression of what's wrong with us as human beings. And you hear it all the time among people that don't use these more religious-sounding terms, when people say, nobody's perfect. Now, whatever perfect is supposed to be, we, we were made for something greater. And that's what the story of the Bible's about, and how God is seeking to restore us back to proper relationship with Him so that we can be the people that He wants us to be. And that's not going to come to full fruition until the Messiah returns. But in the meantime, we need to take the the issue of sin seriously. The real serious infection is, is human wrong. The wrongs we do to one another, the wrongs that are ultimately unto God, we're really messed up. And even if when we know um, the Lord and we come to right relationship with God because of Yeshua, Jesus, there's still stuff that's wrong with us. And that's our big problem. And that's what we really need to be dealing with. And if we dealt with that, I think we'd have a much easier time, in relatively easier time dealing with COVID but covid's distracting so many of us and so we're not just just like they're canceling today again where we are um, as of Wednesday they're canceling uh, elect- so-called elective surgeries and people are suffering um uh, because the the government's decided to make covid such a priority and i wonder how many people are doing that with covid we're so focused on covid that we're not dealing with our personal stuff our relationships um that's what we need to deal with, and it's very possible that we're struggling in our world today with disease, COVID otherwise, with environmental issues, and so on, not because of pure natural phenomena, but because of sin in the world. And I'm not saying that this sin is resulting in that problem but sin in general is what creates havoc in the world and while you and i can't solve that problem for everyone we can at least be free of it ourselves so we could be the people god wants us to be so you know are you more concerned about getting that booster than you are about getting the spiritual upgrade that you need Along with that, we need to remember, as we deal with the COVID situation, that God is judge. And I've been around, my family and I, we've lived in different cities across Canada, we've been part of of different congregations, and one of the things that we have seen is there's been such an overemphasis on God's love that we have forgotten that God is also judge. And one of the wonderful things about God's love, that is, if we're really messing up, sinning badly in other words... If we confess our sins and we humble ourselves before God, He will forgive us. He will restore us to Himself. And, and if we want to talk about God's love, that's just that is so wonderfully, overwhelmingly good. But God's love is not a permissive love. God's love isn't one that says, you could do whatever you want, and it's just going to be okay. Go play in traffic, kids. It's all right. Everything will be fine. No. God's Word is, teaches us how to not play in the traffic and how to live life in a way that is good and healthy, and whether we're experiencing the, more, the smaller judgments of the cost of our life mismanagement on a day-to-day basis, the various things that we do, small and big, and then there's the God as judge in the big way where we are all going to have to face Him one day and give account for how we've, we've lived. And if we have rejected him and rejected the offer of salvation through his son, we will be lost. And uh, that's we need to keep that in mind. And that, too, understanding that we have to give an account to God will keep us within the parameters of God's goodness so that maybe we won't become overwhelmed by COVID. And maybe we'd even have a better understanding of how to deal with it. So we can't really be all that we have meant to be without being reconciled to God through the Messiah. And that is, that is so core, along with the other things I've been sharing, that, there, that we don't have to be overwhelmed by COVID. We don't have to live in the fear of COVID because we can be set free through what Yeshua has done for us. And those of us who know Him if covid has really rattled us we need to see that that's a symptom of a lack now as i've mentioned with the fear thing and i can't remember everything that i said in the previous podcast when i talked about the fear factor um being anxious and dealing with anxiety and and reacting and and being afraid and then dealing with that that's okay it's when we begin to make wrong decisions because of the anxiety and because of the fear. now Of course, if we're finding ourselves so obsessed and taken over by fear and anxiety, again, that's a sign that we're most likely not truly trusting God as we should. But God loves us. Nobody in the universe more wants to help us with that than our loving Heavenly Father. So in whatever way that COVID is showing our weaknesses, and our issues, let's thank God for that and do business with Him and let Him deal with those, those things in our lives. Now, further, again, we're talking about thinking biblically about COVID. And I already talked about at the early on how um, because God, God is as creator and sustainer of the universe, we are not the victims of nature. But more than that, God created human beings, whether we believe in God or don't believe in God, he's created human beings in his image. And I believe that whatever else that might mean, and it's something I never get tired of saying, is that means we're God's representatives. When you make an image, the word for God's image in in Genesis is just like the word for idols. And an idol is a representation of that particular God. And whether it's one of the reasons why we've been told not to make idols, because they can't represent God, we're, we are the image of God. We are God's representatives on earth. And so here too, we need to be living that way. So that means, as God's representatives, we have been called we've been designed remember again whether we believe in him or not we have been called to serve god's interests on this planet that's why we need to be very careful about what we give our time to we need to be careful about how we engage society the things that we say and so on our lives are not our own we're representatives of the great king and so we need to be diligent to understand what he wants us to do with our lives and do that. There's also more to life than the world, more to life than how the world is in its current state. The world that we're in because of sin is broken, and we're waiting for the great restoration of when Yeshua the Messiah returns. And we need to be living life preparing for that, doing the things that he wants us to do in light of the fact that this is not the way things are going to remain. That doesn't mean that we t- that we treat planet Earth like a garbage can and treat it like garbage. No, in fact, it's the opposite. We're supposed to take care of it. That's why environmental issues are important. We shouldn't get obsessed with them. They should not become like God to us, but we are responsible for the planet. And so we need to be relating to life um, knowing that the way things are are substandard and we're working towards um, the expectation of the full restoration. And so one of the reasons why that's important is it seems a lot of people are relating to the COVID thing as if this life is all that we have and we have to preserve what we've got or else we're finished well, that's not true because even death is not the end. It doesn't need to be the end. And we've been offered eternal life through Yeshua. And that again it doesn't mean that we disregard the important issues of today, but it should put them in perspective. Further, as God's representatives, we have responsibility to live in truth. Now that's not just truth so one of the problems the reason why i believe we're having difficulty in knowing how best to respond to the current crisis is we have been fed for a long time now that there is no such thing as truth now truth is simply reality that's what it means the word in the bible for truth simply means reality so truth is a word is a way to say, this is the way things really are. And God is truth, and God is a communicator of truth. When we are reconciled to Him through the Messiah, we come in to His truth, and that truth sets us free. And if we are God's representatives, then we need to be representatives of truth, which means that we need to reflect reality the way we live and in the way that we speak. This is one of the reasons why rumors, really, we gotta watch it, it's the same thing, with and sharing information about COVID, whether you're for or against or whatever it is, gotta make sure that we're sharing things to the best of our ability that we know are really true, even an opinion. You know, doctor so and so, scientist so and so, politician so said this. Um, you know, we we have with our family, our big family. We have all this communication going um, um, on on various groups and on the platform that we're using. And something will get shared—a quote, an excerpt—and I'm always saying, "Well, what's the source? What's the link? How, how, where did this really come from?" Because I have found that there's so much information that little tiny bits can change the whole sense of what it is and then send us down a false path. And falsehood is destructive. So it's that thing that, you know, my truth, you, your truth, like, that doesn't, doesn't work that way. It Things are the way they really are. Trying to discover what they are and then articulating what they really are is not easy. But that is the direction that we all need to go in. And as if we are followers of Yeshua, we must ensure that we are pursuing truth. And so we need to be standing against lies, wherever those lies are coming from. So we, this is part of serving God's interests on this planet. Now, a part of that, And part of thinking biblically is that each one of us bears responsibility for our lives. We we are not going to stand before God on Judgment Day and say, I did this, that, or the other thing because they told me. This goes right back to the garden. The blame shifting that we saw with Adam and Eve right from the beginning, we've been doing ever since And it doesn't cut it. We are responsible. We, as individuals, have been called to the best of our ability to hear God and to obey Him. We have no excuse for going down these rabbit holes into an Alice in Wonderland or through the looking glass. I'm mixing up the Lewis Carroll books here of these kind of reverse realities and skewed realities. We have no excuse for buying into lies and perpetuating lies and not standing against lies. We need to represent the truth, and each one of us is responsible. Now, when I start to talk about individuals and the importance of individuals in thinking biblically, in God's plan, often that people will come forward and say, yeah, no, you're we're, we're being too individualistic individualism is a different kind of problem. The Bible teaches that we are our brother's keeper. We should be working for the common good. We need to be loving our neighbor. We should be otherly. We should be caring about others. This is not just about ourselves. We shouldn't be individualistic, self-focused, thinking about me. But in order to be the people that God wants us to be, in order to be the blessings that god wants us to be we need me myself needs to take responsibility for my life and get with it and learn what's true and do what's right and speak what's true and so on we need to take responsibility very often what happens when you're willing to be the person that says the emperor has no clothes and you know the story that the 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 king was tricked into believing that only worthy people or something like that or smart people could see this invis otherwise invisible garment that these these um um crooks had made for him and he's parading he's being paraded in the center of town and the word had gotten out that you know only certain people the good people the smart people the worthy people could see these clothes and so because they see him naked, uh, there must be something wrong with them. They were convinced that. It's groupthink. The crowd had bought a lie and were too afraid. And even though they knew better, they went along with the general narrative. And then there was this one boy who was willing to t- tell it like it is. He saw what it is and he didn't care what other people thought. Now, in the story, as far as you know, I think he was the only one. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a version where other people come forward and do what people often do when that happens. Often when one person has the courage to say, the emperor has no clothes, or this is a lie, we're being tricked, we're being fooled, then there comes out all these other people that start to say, well, I thought so. I thought so, but I didn't want to say anything. If you're one of those, don't wait. Don't wait for somebody who has more guts than you to, to say there's something wrong. Speak it out. Don't be afraid. Write me. Let's let get this thing going. Email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. There's a lot more than you. And you know what? What I'm thinking, what you're thinking might be wrong. So if it's wrong, I want to know truth. So I want to be corrected. But you're going to have to give me the goods. You're going to have to give me the facts. You're going to have to show me the truth. And by God's grace, may he help me to see the truth for what it really is, whether it it suits me, whether it's my preference, whether it's uncomfortable, it shouldn't matter, because the truth is the truth is the truth. And we, God help us to break the groupthink that's pushing people into buying into things just because our groups thinks it, this ov- we perceive the overall society is thinking it. This is, you know, I don't know if you've ever played an orchestra or a band. But when you do that you know i played in some small bands and a school band many many years ago Um, in a school band uh we had a conductor and that like an orchestra and what you're supposed to do is you've got your sheet music in front of you and you follow the notes generally you don't memorize you don't memorize the piece you've got the the conductor and you've got everybody else playing. And hopefully you're playing too. And you're supposed to keep an eye on the conductor at all times. Watch the conductor. Watch the conductor. At the end, you're supposed to be watching your music. Watching your music. And at the same time, you need to be hearing what everyone else is doing. On one hand, you blend in. On the other hand, you keep focused on that conductor. So I'm going to get to this a little later. But we should be sensitive to people around us. But we take our cues from the director and we follow the music on the page. God is the conductor. The Bible is the page uh, with the, the notes that we're to follow. That is what should be informing us. While acknowledging that we're also part of community and how do we relate to the others. And of course, when things go really, really bad, bad, we need to ask the conductor to shut the thing down. Don't go too far with that. I don't know what to do with that, but I said it anyway. So, as God's representatives, we have the responsibility to live in truth. And part of that, so we you break the tribe mentality, beware of groupthink take your responsibility as an individual and then along with that relate to the government in a respectful way but not supremely the government is not the conductor god is the conductor the government has a role to play i did a couple of podcasts earlier in last year i'm going to put uh, links to the podcasts that I'm referring to the one the two on fear the two on government and you can listen to those and I in the government ones I explain we're to respect we're to obey government but not uh, not in an absolute way God is still over and when government conflicts with God we need to obey God and not people Okay, now, within all that, taking individual responsibility, understanding that God, has the good God has made everything for his purposes, and that he's in control, and that we're to represent him, and that we're to be representatives of truth along with that, and so on, how then do you determine what is true? Well, first of all, we need to go back to the fear thing. We need to be people of faith. And the word faith is actually related to the word for truth in the Hebrew, which is amazing. Faith is a posture that relies on what is really true. It's not this blind faith that believes in things even though they may not be true. Sometimes the truth may not seem true, but when we know it's true, and act according not to appearances, but to according to what we know is true. That is faith. And to do that in these days, especially, we need to ask for courage because the pressure to behave a particular way is so, has been so strong. Now, some, you know, sometimes the crowd is right. And just because the crowd says something, there you know, some people it's gone to the, the point that if the government says it, it must be wrong. And I don't want to go down that. I don't want to go down that road. I want, first of all, I want to continue to respect government. I want to pray for government. Um, I want to applaud government when it's appropriate. Um, I'm grateful that we live in some semblance of a, de- a democracy. We have a voice. We still have a voice, even though it seems it's become more difficult to express. But we need to have the courage to speak up, to say what's true, no matter what other people are saying in order to do that we need to be willing to keep god and his word as core in our lives we need to be reliant upon him above all other things and he will guide us if we are willing now then so that's that's you know dealing with how do we get how do we get to the specifics of truth those are the things that it, that it takes. We need to be people of faith, not fear. We need to have the courage to be willing to accept the truth, even when it seems everybody else says otherwise. Uh, we need to know God's Word. That's not going to happen overnight, but the better we know His Word, the better we'll be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. And, uh, and of course, to be reliant upon Him. To rely upon God and not upon ourselves, not upon others. So then, with that, the specifics. Well, we're supposed to be responsible for our lives, so we need to take the responsibility to be informed and to be informed without prejudice. Going along with what I said earlier, whoever it comes from, whether they're part of our tribe or not, we need to be open to the truth from whomever it comes. And I do want to share with you, I'm going to put a link in the description, um, a marvelous ebook that's written by regent college professor dr bruce hindmarsh he wrote an ebook called till we have faces where he documents a lot of the issues with COVID from the beginning and and a lot of the medical and scientific things and about half the book is footnotes so you can check what his sources are you don't have to i'm not saying read uh dr hindmarsh's ebook and believe everything he says no here is some information that maybe you have not had at your disposal i have found it the most helpful document uh, um, to date on this issue and so i recommend it um so i encourage you to read it let me know what you think i I would love to have intelligent um um, respectful discussions on on these things with whoever would like to do that with me and so uh, along with that we're looking at how do we get to the specifics of the truth, particularly with COVID. Don't just go along. Just because it's it's what's being said, um, that doesn't necessarily make it true. I'm um, really appreciated. There's um, somebody on Twitter that my son was following, and every day he posts the the Ontario statistics on hospitalizations and COVID cases, and and just gives the facts. Now, of course, there's there's other things like, do we really understand how COVID cases work? Uh, Who is in the hospital? Why are they in the hospital? The um, the society has basically so simplified, I might even say dumbed down a lot of the information, we we don't really know the the whys and wherefores of a lot of these things. So we need to be very careful how we make determinations when we don't really have... Uh, the actual truth that's one of the reasons why dr heinmarsh's book is helpful because he tries to get to some to to get to the bottom of of certain things Um, so anyway so don't just go along insist on answers which means don't be afraid to ask the questions and then expect answers Um, and so this relates to something and we normally hear this with with the vaccine it's this uh, this concept of informed consent um some of my friends out there know that uh, a couple years ago um i had some cancer a cancerous mole and um, i had that removed successfully as far as you know i'm cancer free very grateful for that but i remember um there was a a procedure that it turned out it's partly due to covid and also it turned out okay i didn't really need the procedure after all there was an investigative procedure that they wanted to do and where they were going to remove lymph lymph nodes um from um i think yes in my my underarm, I think. No, my neck, underarm, one of the places. Anyway, wherever it was supposed to be, and I was given the, you know, the the, the possibilities of what might happen, uh, just from that investigative procedure. And one of the ones was I might have lost the use of one of my arms. That might happen. I'm listening to this, and so then we get into this this concept called risk benefit, where you weigh the the benefits to the risks and also you want to know as best as they understand and and yeah i'm dealing with an expert and i I really like the surgeon and uh, that i thought they were well informed and um and there's there's a time and place as we deal with risk benefit um to to make these determinations best we can but they're obliged as far as i know by law to tell us all those horrible possible side effects. And I had some other procedure which I won't get into right now where uh, a, a particular side effect was infection and death. And I'm, like, I'm being told, I, I'm going to have this little simple thing and I could die. So I asked the question what's the percentage? What's the percentage of people who die from this procedure? And it was very, very small. And so I took the risk and I was okay. And it's like that with many of the things that we take, with the pills that we take and the injections that we allow ourselves to have and, and other treatments. Um, and I, I don't know when this started. You know, I get a prescription from the, the pharmacy and it comes with this paper. And it's like four pages and all this information. And then, it, have you read this? The, the possible side effects. And one of the times um, I, I did that. It was actually after I, I had the, uh, uh, the mole surgically removed. Uh, I was given antibiotics, and and they often give antibiotics after something like that, just in case you get infection and I was reading, and and I'm, I don't mind disclosing all this, um, and I was reading the paper, and one of the effects of these antibiotics was s- um, stomach trouble. Now, I already suffer from stomach trouble, and I've had grief over taking antibi- certain antibiotics and then having months and months and months of, of stomach upset. And so um, I got in touch with my family doctor, I think this is a while ago now, and I told him the situation, he said, don't bother, don't bother taking them. He knew me, and um, and and that was that. But if I would have just gone by what I was being told, take these pills, take the pills, all the pills until the bottle's done, um, I would have cost myself unnecessary unnecessary suffering we need to be interacting with this information and part of it is we need to get the information and it's one of the issues that i have and have had right from the beginning with the vaccine nobody can tell us what the long-term effects are obviously they can't because it hasn't been around that long and for some reason that concern doesn't count and that makes me one of those horrible vaccine hesitant people and saying this maybe this is already going to ban my video i don't know that's that's supposed to be is it whether it's common sense or uncommon sense informed consent and the fact is these vaccines are still being administered in experimental fashion there are so many things i know there's been certain testing but it's not as if it's 20 years later they were used for a certain thing we know all these outcomes we know the long term effects and now we make a decision people are being asked i should say people are being coerced into taking a medical procedure that has not gone through all all there's a word i forgot the word all you know all the stuff hadn't <laughs> gone through all the stuff to determine its safety now they're saying that the the illness is so serious that it should be worth the risk of taking these vaccines. And that, as a concept, again, risk and benefit, do the risks, um, are, do the benefits over, you know, are they worth the risk? And that's a decision that people need to make. And where I grieve is people are being pressured to go against their better judgment and make medical decisions for their health, for the health of about their loved ones, even though there still is all this uncertainty. And then if you try to say there's uncertainty, they villainize you. And that is not right. And as biblically-minded people, we should not stand for it. And so let's insist on, on source material. The ebook that I mentioned can help with some of that. And so, as God's representatives and representatives of truth, we need to stand against outright lies and contradictions, and, and they've happened. There's been things that have been said, then other things have been said, and confusing things that have been said, and then we're not even allowed to ask the, the question. So we, we need to take a stand for what is true. We also need to speak up against destructive policies. Everybody knows that the COVID restrictions have created all such of such other harms that mental health issues, suicides are up, uh, uh, up like never before, uh, drug overdoses up like never before. And if for some reason that they can't really tell us or won't tell us, I don't know, it's it, COVID trumps everything else. And it doesn't matter what it means for the other aspects of society. I don't think that makes sense. I don't think that's godly and i think that's something that we need to be speaking up about we need to be taking responsibility for our loved ones and doing what's best for them and and who's to decide what that is the our well-being is not the government's responsibility the government can step in and should step in for the maybe the, the the most vulnerable who are not, who don't have support systems, but for people who are part of families and communities, we have the wherewithal to take care of ourselves. Well-meaning people want to do what's healthy. Well-meaning people want to help each other. Well-meaning people don't want to endanger the population. Um, And government can never take the place of loving family and loving community. We need to take a stand against various forms of discrimination. We, you know, we live in a day where, where you know prejudice and discrimination is being snuffed out. But you know, people who choose for good reason not to engage in an experimental medical treatment um, are being villainized, and it is um, uh, it is just plain wrong. And we need to speak up as, as bearers of the truth. We need to speak up against this kind of abuse. We need. As God's representatives, we need to put our convictions ahead of expediency. And, you know, convenience, or I want to do this, and so I'll compromise over here. There's there's times to compromise our preferences. But we need to be willing to understand what is good and right, and stick to our convictions and take a stand. We need to find alternatives to compromise more than once. I've heard stories of people who have gone along with the narrative against their better judgment. Now These are against their better judgment. These are not people going along because they decided that it's right and true. People who are going along, they know it's wrong, but for some higher goal they have, they're going to do what they think is wrong. Now, they're answerable to God for this. But um, let's say... um, Let's say you believe you're called to be a lifeguard. And the only way that you could function as a lifeguard is you have to take the vaccine, even though you believe, I didn't tell you, I didn't say you shouldn't take the vaccine. You don't believe that you should, but you believe you need to fulfill your calling as a lifeguard. And so then you compromise. Now, again, if your compromise is the color of your bathing suit, if compromise is having to work an hour later or, you know, that sort of thing. If your compromise is taking a bit of a reduction in salary. You know, there are some of these other things. But if you believe that something is truly wrong, if you believe that your example could lead other people to do what is wrong, then you should not do it. And this is, one of the, this is one of the misapplications of this. There's this thing in the New Testament about meat sacrifice to idols. It's found in Corinthians. It's found in Acts. It's found in Romans. Um, and I don't have time to get in, into it, but there's this, some people are interpreting the need to behave in relationship to other people's scruples as compromising what we think is right or wrong because of how other people feel. And that's not what this is about. If our actions are going to cause somebody else harm or significant conscience problems, and there were, our actions are going to lead them to do, go against what they think is right, right and wrong, then we should not stick to our freedom to do whatever what we think is okay. Um, if it's going to cause significant problems for others. There are people that are saying that love your neighbor means to do thus and so. And however you're understanding that, you know, love your neighbor. So love your neighbor means um, you know, keeping them safe by doing certain things, whether you think those things are right or wrong. Let's remember that genuine love your neighbor also has to be within the realm of truth. Loving my neighbor um, does not mean to encourage their fear. Love my neighbor does not mean to further societal situations that are actually oppressing other people. Loving my neighbor means to serve them in such a way to their benefit. And sometimes loving my neighbor can mean not only disagreeing with them, but taking a stand. Now, we need to do that in a loving way. Not kind of like with this kind of arrogant, um, you're all crazy and I'm the only one who knows this thing. And, and, and God, God doesn't hang out with the arrogant. He, he actually stays away from those folks. He hangs out with the humble. And so we need to be kind, we need to be gentle, we need to be patient, but not at the expense of what is true, what is right, and, and, or at the expense of what is uh, good and right. So with godly sensitivity, we should not be giving in to untruth. As part of thinking biblically about all this, we need to find others who we could talk freely about such things. You might feel very alone. I mentioned that earlier. Reach out to me. Let's see if we can find other people around where you live who who share your heart for these things so that... you would feel less alone. Um, Maybe there's other things that we could do, um, whether it's locally, whether it's globally. um, We don't want to create, it's not about creating a mob. We want to create community and we want to learn how to love people, love the people that agree with us, love the people who don't agree with us. But many of us have been unnecessarily alone in this difficult time. And that then fits in with the, the call to gather. Now, some people think that the, the verse, there's a verse in Hebrews about not forsaking yourselves together means we must do um, church the way we've always done church. We must have our religious services the way we've always done our religious services. And I don't know if that's what it's teaching. Uh, maybe we can get into that more fully. Uh, there are reasons why the people in the church were being addressed in the book of hebrews were keeping away from one another they're actually trying to hide their faith it wasn't that they were just lazy and didn't want to get out of bed on you know on the day to go to a service that that's not what really is going on there but god's people should be gathering as we can where we can how we can um this is a time to be creative we need to find ways to do that and again we shouldn't be not gathering because we're afraid if we give in to fear over the COVID issue, we're going to give in to fear for every other issue. We don't want to go down that hole. And so I've been, as I've been saying, I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Uh, email me at comments and thinkingbiblically.org. And um, if this has been helpful to you and you think other people would benefit, and I know I've been rambling and, but I'm trying to get to this and, and as best that I can, um, with, with, with the information that I have and the time that I have here. Um, but if this has been helpful in any way, um, click the share, there's a, you'll see the word share underneath the video, and then you get these options. And, um, the best option right now is to send the link via email. And there's a, there's a, A button there for email after you click share there's email and that should open up your email program if that doesn't work you can copy the link you should see that there too and put that in email and write to your friends and other people that you think uh, would be helpful we don't know what happens when this stuff goes out onto social media share on social media too uh, as you like and the more people who do that my understanding is the better that it is but the personal contact is is going to touch more people more effectively also subscribe the more subscribers i get the more people are going to see my videos so if you think they're worthy of people to see um, or hear through your podcast provider please um, subscribe and 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 you know rate and review as well and so um do check out the links in the description that i mentioned and um, looking forward to seeing you the next time and god willing it's going to be with my wife robin and we're going to hear her faith story And so until next time, this is Alan Gilman with Thinking Middle.